Whosoever. See, we, our mouth will confess him as Lord if he has made himself Lord in our hearts. Before, everything we did in this world confessed, confessed that we were the Lord. That we were the ones who decided. We were the ones who chose which path we would walk. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Consider a couple points from this verse, if you would, of scripture. Consider the perfect agreement that it is with the Old Testament. Listen to these words in Romans 28, I mean Isaiah 28, verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. As in the case of Abraham, righteousness is not by works, but by faith. Look back again if you would. Hold your place there in Romans chapter 10. That'll be our text. But turn over to Romans chapter 4. You'll recall we looked at this once already. But I'm going to look at a couple of verses back here. Once again, pointing us to this, this part of Scripture that says, Whosoever believeth on him will not be ashamed. That's talking about the Scripture of the Old Testament and how it relates with the New Testament exactly. Over in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, we read, speaking of Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Notice it wasn't works that he was strong in. He was strong in faith. Strong in believing who God is. Strong in believing the promises of God are a sure thing. He staggered not, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse, 20, uh, verse 21, continue on. For being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone. This was not written just for the sake of recording for Abraham, but that it was imputed to him, but for us also, in verse 24, us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So we see that, it in per that we're, the word of God is in perfect agreement throughout all the Old Testament and the New Testament. Secondly, we see that whosoever, whether Jew or Gentile, in that word there, says, because it says, whosoever, whosoever believeth on him. That's the open door for everyone throughout all time. When the Lord talks about the whole world, when he talks about the world, he's talking about, in most cases, his people in the world. For God so loved the world, he loved all of his children throughout all of time, in every nation, in every tongue, in every tribe. It opens the door. Whosoever is, whether Jew or Gentile, believe, shall be saved. You, did you know the Jews had a real difficult time with that? That was one of the, one, was one of the things that really I rated. You know, number one I rated them was, you tell me you're God, yet you're just a man standing there in the flesh. You're telling me that you have authority over everything, yet I have a free will. Secondly, you're telling me that I'm no longer the only one that you love. You also love those dogs that we've, that we've known all these years, those ones who are outside of the faith, those ones who have, haven't even got the oracles of God. Jews had a real problem 
with including the Gentiles in the kingdom of God. Thirdly, those who believe shall not be ashamed of him, nor shall they ever be put to shame. We are in the robes of our Savior's righteousness. His righteousness covers all of our nakedness. I'm ashamed of me, but I'm not ashamed of my Lord. Back in our text in Romans chapter 10, look at verse 12 with me if you would. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto you that call unto all that call upon Him. Not only is the Gentile not excluded from the mercy of God, but there's not the slightest bit of difference between them and us. That's what the Paul is, or that's what Paul is writing about here. That's what he's saying to the Romans. The, G, the Gentiles are just like you and I. And, and, and he goes on to say next, he says, for all have sinned. That's in chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Look over at that, will you? Look over at chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Look at verses 22 and 23 of Romans chapter 3. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jews, Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, there, for, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And all are in need of His righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. God is able to supply the needs of all who truly call upon Him. That's what we read in Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now back in our text again, look again if you would at Romans chapter 13, 10, or chapter 10, verse 13, where we read, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is from Joel, chapter 2, verse 32. The name of the Lord signifies the Lord Himself. His name reveals who He is, what He has done, and why He did it, and where He is now. And none other name can save. Turn to the right, if you would, of our text to Philippians chapter 2. Ephesians, Philippians chapter 2. There is no other name that we can come before God Almighty through than the name of the Lord Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, we read in beginning in verse 6, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. This is, this is how we can come to God because he who was in the flesh, God in the flesh, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. It, it wasn't robbery. He is God in the flesh. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Back in our text. Now, I, I want to give you some names. And these aren't all of his names. As I was looking through and speaking with our sister Cheryl yesterday, we discovered there are some other names. But for now, I'm just going to give you these. Jehovah Jireh. It points us to who the Lord is. It's the the, the, uh, in, the uh, interpretation of that is the Lord will provide. And you can read that in Genesis 22, verses 13 and 14. The Lord will provide. 
Our Lord provides everything we need. Everything. Which is a good thing because I've got nothing to give Him. Do you? Lord, bring us to that point. Bring us to that point where we see we have absolutely nothing before Christ holy God. Show us our depravity. Another name is Jehovah Raha, the Lord that healeth. Heal me. Heal me of my sickness. Heal me of, of, of the, the, the sores, the, the um, leprosy from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Another name that describes our, our Lord, a name that we can call upon Him for, is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. You can read that in Exodus 17, 8, 15. He's our banner. When we go out into the world, we carry Him as Lord before all who cross our paths. Are you ashamed to call Him your Lord? When you, when you make contact with the outside world, do you... Do you, do you shame away from calling Jesus your Lord? I don't. Now, I do know when to stop. But I will first call Him my Lord to whoever I can. And then there comes a point where I have cast my pearls out and I walk away and shake the dust off my feet if they won't have it. But we don't walk around in shame of who our Lord is. He's our banner. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our peace. What? What, what gives you such peace in a world of turmoil that we walk in? What gives you such peace when, when the sin is boiling up in all of us? Because my Lord has put away my sin. Has He put away yours? Do you have peace with your Lord? Is He, is he Jehovah Shalom? The Lord our peace in Judges 6.24? What about Jehovah Raha, the Lord my shepherd? He guides every step I make. He guides everything about me. I was talking with Cheryl about this yesterday. Our Lord, and I forget how she put it. Uh, somebody said something. Somebody made a comment. She was listening to a preacher. And maybe it will come to me before I'm done with it. But it's just the same thing I, I say. Everything in creation everything that is and has been was so that you and I would be right here right this moment that's our God he rules over everything he's made everything come to pass all of our grandparents all of our parents all of our ancestors were all in the exact spot they were in going through the exact things that they are supposed to go through because God had appointed all things for them to go through it so that you and I would be here today in the exact place that we are doing exactly what we're doing now worshiping Him He's our shepherd He's our guidance all the way my Savior leads me I'm not ashamed of that. Here's one that I have trouble pronouncing, but I'm going to give it my best try. Jehovah. Oh, we talked this through, Cheryl. I know we did. <laughs> Jehovah. Sidkinu. Tiskinu. Just, just. I'm just destroying it. It means the Lord our righteousness, and you can read about that in Jeremiah 23, 6. He is the Lord our righteousness. 
As children of God, we know we have none. As children of God, we must see first that we have none so that we will look to Him for His. Lastly, Jehovah Shammaha. Shammaha. The Lord is present. He's right here with me right now. I, was, I, I sent a message off to the brethren, uh, my, my, my pastor friends, Norm and, and Kevin and Rick Warda. God be with us. Even, even though we know the scriptures, that our Lord says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I shall be in the midst. Even though we know that, I still call upon the Lord. Lord, be with me this moment. Be with me now. Be with us now, I ask the Lord for your ministers. Be with us. Be with those who hear. Be with us who preach. Be with those who hear. Open our hearts to your truths. Open our minds. Be present with us now. Folks, to call upon his name is to humble ourselves before him. To recognize his majesty, to believe his promises, and to hope in his mercy. Be back in our text again, if you would. 14 and 15. Romans 10, 14 and 15. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach that they be sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. In these verses, Paul declares the necessity of preaching, the gospel to sinners. None can be saved who do not call upon the Lord. None can call upon the true name of the Lord if they do not believe He is willing to and able to save them. None can believe He is willing to save able to save if they have not heard of his grace, of his death, and of his redemption. And none can hear these things unless these glad tidings are preached to him. Verses 15 and 16 of our text. And he saith unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He, uh, oh I'm sorry, no, this, is, this is in Mark. I'm sorry, I'm reading from Mark, Mark chapter 16 verses 15 and 16. Got myself confused there for a moment. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. These ambassadors of Christ who preach the glad tidings of salvation are sent by the Lord. They deliver his gospel under his authority and by his power, by the power of his spirit. Look over at Matthew chapter eight, uh, 28 for just a moment. Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, we read these words beginning at verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. This is our Lord giving us the, the, the great commandment. The commandment to go into the world. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. One more, if you would, there in that, speaking of this, uh, being of us being ambassadors to Christ. Turn over to 2 Corinthians. Go back to Romans. Go one book to the, two books to the right. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
In chapter 5, Paul, writing to the Corinthians in verse 20 and 21, we read these words, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. Remember what we just read there back in Matthew. We pray you in Christ's stead, ye be, be ye reconciled to God. We're praying to all. I was asked the question, don't you invite people to come to God? Folks, we do. Be ye reconciled to God. But know this, that reconciliation is a gift of God. It is God who will reconcile you to Himself. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be the made the righteousness of God in Him. What a blessing of God to give a people a faithful preacher and a, of the true gospel. Again, we go back in our text to Romans chapter 10, verse 16. We read these words, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, have they? For Isaiah saith the Lord, Who hath believed our report? In Isaiah 53. Though the gospel was to be preached both to Jews and to Gentiles with the promise that whosoever believeth shall be saved, yet all who heard it did not believe, did they? This is the grace of God in our lives, folks. This is magnification of His love for us. Not everybody believes. You and I didn't believe for a while, did we? But by His grace, we now believe. Not everyone believed. This should not seem strange to those who are familiar with scriptures. Isaiah said, Who believeth our report? Listen to these words in Hebrews 4.2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Our Lord destroyed, destroyed everybody over the age of 20 in the wilderness when Israel was on their way to the to the new world, to the to the promised land. Everybody over the age of twenty, why were they destroyed? Because of unbelief. Folks, you and I deserve that destruction, but our Savior took it for us. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great news? You want to hear more about Jesus? He took it for us. He took all of it. I look around. I can't see you folks online, but I can see the fun folks right here. There's smiles on faces here. Yes, he did. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2, verses 8 through 10, we read these words, which none of the princes of this world knew. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, which none, being God in the flesh, none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. The gospel must be revealed by his Spirit. Look over at John chapter 6, beginning at verse 44. The gospel must be revealed by His Spirit. In verse 44 of John chapter 6, we read these words, Our Lord speaking, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. 
and I will raise him up the last day. It is written in the prophets. See how the Old Testament and the New Testament just match and come together perfectly. It is written in the in the it is written in the prophets, the Old Testament, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Back in our text, verse seventeen. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. One cannot trust an unrevealed Christ. We must hear not with the outward ear only, but with the ears of the heart. We must hear with a desire, hear with an understanding, hear with a need. Look over at Matthew chapter 13. We must hear with a need. Matthew chapter 13. Verses 15 and 16 we read, Matthew 13, 15 and 16, For this people's heart, speaking of those who would not hear, those who, who, who heard the word of God but not, with, not through the ears of the heart, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your ears, for they see. Your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Faith depends on hearing, and hearing depends on the Word of God. It's essential to hear the Word of God. Look with me one more time, if you would, back in our text, Romans chapter 10, and we'll close with verses 18 through 21. But I say, have they not all heard? Let me read that again. But I say, have they not heard? Yes. Verily, the sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by foolish na by a foolish nation will I anger you. But Isaiah, as it, but Isaiah is very bold and saith, I have found, I was found of them that sought me not; I was made manifest unto them that ask not after me, but to Israel he saith all day long, I have stretched forth my hands unto the disobedient and gainsaying people. So I want to make four points of these last three verses. These last four verses. One, two, three. Four verses that we, that we just read. The first one is this. The preaching of the gospel to the Gentiles. It's spoken of in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Listen to the words of Psalms 19.4. This is what Moses was talking about, raising up a people to make Israel, the people who thought they were just the, they were the only people of God, to make them jealous. In Psalms 19.4 it says, Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. So our Lord has put a tabernacle for the sun in those in all around the world, including the Gentiles. Secondly, the Old Testament prophecies, of, it, it shows us of, of, of the call of the Gentiles. Listen to the words of Deuteronomy 32.21. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me, speaking of Israel, they have provoked me to, Israel, to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people, that's the Gentiles, and I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. So we see how in the Old Testament, 
and the New Testament seen together. They coincide together. You can see where the Old Testament prophecies are being worked out in the New Testament prophecies. Just as we were reading back there, and, uh, and we'll see it at another time here. I'm going to get ahead of myself if I go there. Let's go to the third thing. Israel should have been aware of this. Listen to this. And they knew this. They knew this because in Isaiah 65, 1, and folks, I'm telling you, those chief priests, they're just like the Pope. They know scriptures. Now that in those days, all they had was the Old Testament. And they knew the Old Testament as well as any man who had ever walked this earth outside of Jesus Christ who was the author and the finisher of the, of, the, of the Word of God. I am sought of them that ask not. That's the Gentiles. Israel, growing up in Israel, I'm, I'm, I'm an Israelite. I, I know that our people ask of God. So when, when Isaiah speaks of that, he's got to be talking about those who are outside of the, the camp of Israel. They should have known. They should have known that God is a Savior of all mankind. All mankind out of the world. All of His people out of mankind. He says, I ask me not, I, have, I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. See there? That's in Isaiah uh, 65, 1. And they should have known also. The rejection of, they should have known the rejection of God's mercy by the Jews. For they read in Isaiah 65, 2, I have spread up my hands all the day unto rebellious people which walketh not in a way that was not good, which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. Folks, aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful our Lord loves a people from every nation, from every tribe, and from every tongue? That means He could love us. That means He could love us. 